Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What? I'm your host, Tom Kearns, and welcome to the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, episode 62, Sussex and the Struggle for White. Last time, I discussed the origin myth of Sussex and how this compares to the archaeological record for early Saxon presence in the southeast of England. According to legend, the final notable date of early South Saxon history was 491, with Ella's and Chizza's victory over the Britons of Andredes Chester. We saw how these later legends don't line up with the archaeological record, which indicates that Saxons only occupied all of what became Sussex by the 470s. I've used this rough date as a starting point for the examination of South Saxon history, but in fact we don't know when these Saxon settlers began identifying as South Saxon. While we can draw a direct line from the Saxon settlement in the late 5th century to the Kingdom of Sussex, there is in fact a gap of about 200 years between this evidence for settlement and the first mention of a Kingdom of the South Saxons. What occurred in these two centuries is deeply mysterious, since no written evidence has survived. We can speculate that some evolution of identity must have occurred. We can infer this because the name South Saxon consists of two elements, South and Saxon, which must have become defined by the settlers' location within England. First, they must have come to understand themselves as Saxon in contrast to other groups, such as Jutes, Anglians, Frisians, Franks, and of course Britons. This may have occurred through memory of continental homelands and traditions deriving from these, but it also must derive partly from the difference in dialects that existed between the Saxons and the other Germanic settlers. Over time, people who spoke similar languages came to identify with each other, 
once they developed a sense of their shared Saxonness, for lack of a better term, they must then have come to identify themselves in relation to other Saxon groups. Obviously close by, they had the East Saxons and eventually the West Saxons, so an emerging sense of themselves as South Saxons may have also emerged in this 200-year period. Regardless, by 607, these people had become organised enough to emerge back onto the historical stage in a battle with the Gawisson king, Chailwolf. The reason for this battle is not known, but it is speculated that it was for control of the Isle of Wight. In this period, Wight was an independent kingdom called Witwara. Culturally, it was Jutish, tracing its origins back to two legendary kings named Witgar and Stuff who, legend claims, were related to Serditch, the legendary founder of Gawissa. Both the Gawissa and the South Saxons seem to have seen overlordship of White as their right, and this served a significant source of tension between the two, with the competition for the Isle of White being really the dominant driver of early South Saxon history. Following the battle in 607, South Saxon history again goes silent for another few decades before King Athelwale appears on the scene. Bede relates that as part of a gambit meant to secure South Saxon independence from an expanding Wessex, Athelwale made an alliance with Wolfhera, the King of Mercia, part of which was that Athelwale be baptised. This alliance may not have been sought entirely at Athelwale's free will. Around 661, as part of Wolfhera's campaign against Wessex, he raided the Isle of Wight. Sensing in this a threat to South Saxon independence, Athelwale may have contacted Wolfhera as a means to preempt any attempt of vassalisation on the part of the Mercians. Regardless, the move must have benefited Sussex by ensuring Mercian support in the face of West Saxon ambition. In return for his baptism, Wolfhera granted Athelwale overlordship of the Isle of Wight. In 661, Athelwale travelled to Tamworth to receive baptism, and it was probably here that he met Eava, the daughter of the Christian ruler of the Hwitcher. The two married, a move which further strengthened the ties between Sussex and Mercia. As part of the ensuing missionary effort in Sussex, in 681, Wilfred, the troublesome Northumbrian archbishop, who had been driven out of the kingdom by King Edgefrith, arrived in Sussex to preach the gospel. Bede relates that at this time, Sussex was in the grip of a famine, and that as part of his mission, Wilfred taught the South Saxons how to fish. Presumably with this, he also pointed out the importance of fish and fishermen in the story of Christ, since the South Saxons allegedly were so inspired that they received baptism en masse, at which point rain began to fall and the famine ended. Most likely this is a much later story, but some truth may be found in it. It seems very unlikely that a coastal people like the South Saxons didn't already know how to fish, but famines were not uncommon in this period, and Wilfred may well have won some converts by helping to alleviate the worst of an outbreak's effects. As part of the missionary effort, Athelwale gave Wilfred 87 hides of land to found an abbey at Selsey, a foundation that eventually became the seat of the Bishop of Sussex, until 1075, when the bishopric was moved to Chichester. Around this same time, we begin to see Athelwale flexing his muscles in the southeast, largely with the backing of Mercia. In 685, he intervened in Kent on behalf of Eardrich, 
a nephew of Wolfhera who had been ruling in Kent alongside the Kentish king, Hlothera. With Athelwale's help, Eadrich overthrew Hlothera and was established as the sole king in Kent. It seems that Athelwale, after this, was poised to try and assert South Saxon dominance in the southeast. Whether this Kentish intervention played any role in what happened next is not clear, but in the same year, Cadwalla, an exiled Gwissan prince who had been hiding out in the Weald, launched a ragtag invasion of Sussex, in which he killed Athelwale and seized the throne of the kingdom for himself. He ruled as King of Sussex for less than a year before being deposed by a rebellion led by two South Saxon nobles named Bertun and Antun. Cadwalla, bruised but not beaten, returned to Gawissa where he was able to exploit the death of King Kentwina to take the throne for himself. In retaliation, he launched a two-pronged attack on Kent and Sussex in 686, first killing Eadrich and placing his brother Mull on the throne of Kent, and then invading Sussex by way of landing on the Isle of Wight. While Athelwale had included White in his missionary work as King of Sussex, White seems to have been only nominally Christianised. Upon Athelwale's death, a new king, Arwald, took power on the island and oversaw the revival of pagan worship among the people. This Arwald was killed by Cadwalla in 686 as part of the latter's move to make White a part of his West Saxon empire. To permanently cow the people, Cadwalla then had every male member of White's nobility killed and even attempted to exterminate all Jutes from the island. Arwald's sister reportedly managed to escape White, where she fled to Kent and eventually became a direct ancestor of Alfred the Great. But Arwald was both the last pagan king and the last king, period, of the Isle of Wight, which from here on out was under the rule of its neighbours. With the fall of Kent and White, Sussex also came under West Saxon dominion and was reduced, Bede tells us, to a state worse than slavery by Cadwalla. It's been suggested that Cadwalla's vicious treatment of White and Sussex was a means of punishing the South Saxons for their expansion into Kent with the aid of Mercia. Likely old rivalries over White also played a part, but it seems that even in a period in which violence was common, Cadwalla's actions were particularly brutal. Although Cadwalla died in 688 and his death marked a retreat by Wessex from the kingdoms to its east, South Saxon history nevertheless again entered a period of mystery following 686, a period we will examine more in the next episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anglo-Saxon England podcast. Once again, I've been your host, Tom Kearns, and I hope you'll join me again next time. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.